Thank you for joining us on Theology Refresh. We are uh, privileged to have Dr. Michael Horton here with us today. He's professor at Westminster Seminary, California. He is co-host of the White Horse Inn. He's editor of Modern Reformation. Michael, thank you for joining us. Thank you, David. Glad to be with you. I'm so excited for this theme. Our, our, our doctrine, our theme here in this episode is glorification. Uh, maybe we should start, glorification is so astounding. Should we start with what it's not? <laughs> yeah, you know, one of the uh, fears I think that people have, understandably, is talking about our glory. You know, uh, shouldn't we be talking about God's glory? No one should uh, steal God's glory. Well, of course, no one should steal God's glory. God says, I will not give my glory to another. And yet, what's amazing is in Christ, God has voluntarily given His glory to us. And uh, it doesn't mean that His glory is in, in the least diminished. What's amazing about God is the more He glorifies us in His Son, He is glorified. So it's not the sort of thing where, you know, the, the, the more you exalt others, the less exalted you are. The more He exalts us in His Son, the more exalted He is in His grace. Mm -hmm. So glorification, uh, when does that happen? What, what's the temporal aspect of this glorification? Well, what's really interesting is Paul can speak of it in the aorist tense, that's the uh, past tense, because it is for him a completed event. Uh, it's so objectively certain. Uh, but, of course, it's something that's future in terms of our experiencing it. Christ has already been raised. This is the uh, amazing thing. Uh, the resurrection of Jesus Christ wasn't separate from our resurrection. We, we kind of think of it that way because it's separated by thousands of years. Uh, Jesus was raised once upon a time, will be raised one day. But actually, uh, in 1 Corinthians 15, Paul says that Christ is the first fruits of those who sleep, uh, the beginning of the harvest. As goes the king, so goes the kingdom. As goes the head, so goes the body. And because of that, uh, that glorification that Christ already now enjoys, we will enjoy with him. And so he, he, he will not uh, rest until his intercession finally is consummated in our sharing with him in his glory, exactly like he is. The, the, the only difference is that we won't have a divine nature. We'll be participants, sharers in the divine nature. God's moral excellence, but we will not, uh, as Christ is, be His natural, eternally begotten Son. But because of Christ, we're, we're adopted children with the same relationship to God the Father that He has. Hmm. When I mentioned glorification, you put your finger in a few texts. You yeah. wanted to tie it to some biblical texts for us. Okay, well, first of all, in the... Uh, High priestly prayer, after Jesus has taught them about uh, His departure and the work of the Holy Spirit, after He sends the Holy Spirit from the Father, says in His high priestly prayer, John 17, uh, 22, the glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one, even as we are one. It's just absolutely phenomenal. And then uh, in 2 Corinthians uh, 4, uh, the Apostle Paul says in verse 16, So we do not lose heart, though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction, now this is not a, a guy who basically says, oh, you know, buck up. You, you know, well, in my day we used to uh, walk in the snow 
and sleep uphill both ways. It, it's not that sort of thing. Here's somebody who suffered every day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. And then uh, in, in Colossians, uh, the Apostle Paul says in chapter uh, 3, For you have died, verse 3, and your life is hidden with Christ and God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. And so, uh, it, it, in, in the New Testament's way of thinking about this, especially Paul's way of talking about it, it's the resurrection of the body. When we are raised, in that moment, that is the public vindication of the justification we've already received here and now. And we'll be then perfectly glorified. Right now, my justification doesn't match my sanctification. I'm perfectly righteous in Christ, and yet I have, I'm covered with sins. In that day, my, my actual condition will match what God says about me in Christ. And, and I, will, I will share in His glory. I will be like God as much as it's possible for a creature to be. Uh, and that's why uh, you know, we read in uh, probably the, the primary text that the ancient church fathers used to talk about glorification. In Second Peter, these words, His divine power, verse 3 of Second Peter 1, His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of Him who called us to His own glory and excellence, by which He has granted to us His precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. And so we're partakers of the divine nature. Yeah, not, not in the sense that we're partakers of His divinity, but we're partakers of His, the more, remember we're created in the image of God. In glorification, that image which we've lost in Adam is finally and fully restored so that we look just like God as it's possible for a creature to look because we look just like Christ, who's both God and man. How, how then does this glorification relate to our physical bodies? Are we finally freed from these We're bodies? We're changed, and... yeah. I mean, that's what's so... Uh, we, it won't always be this way, Paul says. We will be changed in the twinkling of an eye. Uh, that, is our, that is part and parcel of our glorification, um, the beauty of our bodies. Uh, we will have bodies free of, not only free of pain, but there is a... There, you know, we, Jesus resurrection body is the same that was born of the Virgin Mary and suffered and he could still show his nail prints and his wrist and that sort of thing. And yet, uh, he, he, he said, don't touch me yet because I haven't been glorified. What happens with glorification? It, it's, it's something, it, it's a transformation of our physical bodies. Not so that they're no longer physical, but so that they are as like divinity as is possible for fleshly bodies, physical bodies, human bodies, not fallen bodies to be. That's just hard to, no wonder he says no eye has seen nor ear heard what God has prepared for those who love him. And we should note 
what we're not saying glorification is in terms of uh, it's not being freed from bodily existence to no. <laughs> float around and play a harp on clouds exactly. or something. But it's it's a it's a, the fully human experience. Yeah, and, I I can understand why people don't really care much about heaven. I mean, I. I hated piano practice. I can't imagine bouncing around on clouds for a long time playing musical instruments. Uh, that's not it, as you point out. It's you know, the p picture Isaiah has of a feast with, with uh, the richest meats and well-aged wines, refined wines. I mean, he, he's just going on evoking the picture of uh, sort of Babette's feast. Uh, um, rich fare of every kind and people who were enemies being reconciled as friends. It's just laughing in the room. Uh, that's, that's heaven. Heaven is joy forever. Yes. So uh, we, the, it doesn't seem that the, the modern church talks a lot about glorification. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm suspecting we're losing some significant things and not having a, a strong doctrine of glorification. What, what does glorification bring to, to life in the day out day in day out church and for the for the believer. You know, David, there's a lot of reason for talking about union with Christ. Um, I'm so glad that we're talking about it uh, more because it not only because it's worthy in itself, but because it provokes so many questions. It opens so many doors to addicts that we haven't explored for a while. Uh, we we easily take the Trinity for granted. Well. Union with Christ leads us to the Father and introduces us to the Spirit, who's the one who unites us to Christ in the first place. Uh, we, 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 we learn more about election. We learn more about justification. We learn more about sanctification. But we also learn about glorification because it's only in union with Christ. Again, if His resurrection slash glorification, because it means the same thing, if His resurrection unto glory is the first of the same resurrection that I'm a part of. That's just absolutely mind-blowing. And it, it absolutely guarantees my perseverance. I will, I, I will be there. I will be glorified because those whom He predestined, He called. Those whom He called, He justified. And those whom He justified, He glorified. What shall we say then in response to all this? If God is for us, who can be against us? Amen. So for our pastors, other Christian leaders listening, any specific encouragement, counsel you'd give them as leaders related to this doctrine? Yeah, you know, there are some really good resources uh, uh, of the past to look at here. And I know it sounds arcane, but uh, the 17th century uh, theologian Francis Turretin, for example, uh, really really helpful on, on these topics. Thomas Watson, one of the Westminster Divines, is another example. Virtually any Puritan, <laughs> John Owen, uh, Richard Sibbs, uh, William Perkins, virtually any Puritan who, who writes anything vaguely related to, not every Puritan, don't read Richard Baxter, but virtually <laughs> every Puritan who writes on this subject, uh, on, on, uh, on salvation, we'll have a whole chapter on glorification. Uh, we just need to get dig, dig into it as deeply as they did. And they weren't afraid to talk about it. They didn't say, oh, this sounds like, this sounds like uh, deification. That sounds like Eastern Orthodoxy. Mm -hmm. Well, actually, uh, we don't throw everything out just because uh, we're glad to embrace whatever we can 
from the church fathers. Uh, it's just not understood in exactly the same way as our Eastern Orthodox friends interpret it. Well, thank you for discussing this topic with us. Would you close us in prayer? We'd love to. Father, we thank you that you've chosen us in Christ, redeemed us in Him, placed us uh, in Him when you gave us faith to be joined to Christ through the gospel. Help us, Father, to rejoice in this, to bask in this. Uh, help us to cling to Christ for sanctification as well as justification. And help us live each day now in the great hope and anticipation of our glory that we will share with Christ one day. For we pray in His name. Amen.